Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's a rainy Tuesday. No big deal. We will cheer you up with scintillating radio talk here on the Laurie and Julia Show on My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. And of course, once again today, we'll give you a chance to win a pair of VIP tickets to the Shop Till You Drag Show. That is going to be at uh, Rosedale Center on Sunday, May 19th in the afternoon. All right, there we go. Thanks, Donnie. Yeah. Okay, so we have Holly here, and yes. she just returned from Las Vegas, what, last night? Uh, yesterday afternoon. How uh, was it? Yeah. Oh, mm. it was lovely. Well, yesterday it was raining, so luckily we left before the storms. But other than that, it was fantastic. Not, okay, and you went to a show. You saw somebody who's never played Vegas. He's only, what, doing like 12 dates? Yeah, very few dates. I saw James Taylor at... Yeah. He's been waiting to play that since 1972. Since the last time he saw James Taylor. I know. That was just last winter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, James Taylor played the Coliseum at Caesars Palace. And he's only doing a select few dates. And if you're a James Taylor fan and you have the opportunity to see him in Caesars Palace, go and do it. Was it amazing? Selena obviously had the night off. Yes, Selena had the night off. Yes, she had the weekend off. He sounds incredible. Really? Yes. What did he do different? Because that's big space. Yeah. Of course, I know he's played, you know, the Excel and Target Center, but what did they do it as the stage so he didn't look so small? <laughs> yeah, well, they had an audiovisual presentation, and it was, I think that the way that they're trying to present it, it's him looking back at his life and moments of his life. And all of and his And then he songs. breaks into song. Yeah, oh. kind of. Here I was, thinking about well, Carol King right I mean, here. It's not much different than how Cher does her right. show by the decades. You no, know? Yeah, you know. Same thing he did when I saw him at the XL it last is. winter. Okay. Yeah. And you liked it, Holly? Yeah, I really liked it. it I, he starts off with Caroline on my mind. Mm. You know, the backdrop of where he grew up. He takes you to the troubadour on the Sunset Strip where he sings some of the songs that Carol King wrote, tells you the stories about them. Oh. His band is tight. Yeah. They're incredible. They're amazing. But he presents in the most anti-Vegas way possible. Really? Yeah. yeah. Gray pants, a blue polo shirt, and a hat. Yeah. He's not out there to put on the show, but the show the crowd loved it. It was a oh, great. sold out, would you say? Pretty full? Pretty full. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe a couple of balcony seats were empty, right. but he said that the crowd, when I saw him on Saturday night, was the crowd that he was waiting for. High energy, Aww. people crying. Oh. I mean, just like all the songs. So it, if it emotionally resonated with you, you, you got to go and see him. Yeah. All yeah. right. Wow. Did anyone try to rush the stage? <laughs> Actually, yeah. At the at the end, they were inviting everyone, you know, love the uh, whatever the name of the song oh, is called. Love the one you're with? Yeah, well, not love the one you're with, but the song that has a similar yeah. message to it. Everyone rushed the stage and people like the singers were hugging people. Oh, my and, gosh. And getting together. Shower and then, the people? Sho- yes, oh, that's it. Okay. Shower the people. Yes. And then like with Sweet Baby James at the end. The second encore, uh, everyone was crying. Yeah, oh, it fun. Was, yeah. Does he 
reference? Uh, does he storytell? Like, does he say stuff about Carly or Joni or Carol King? Does he say anything about? Or does he, he like talks the songs? about Carol? He, he talks talk about Carol. Carol because they had that professional. He, I don't think he really talks about Carly Simon mm-hmm. because his wife was one of the backup singers ah, on stage. So okay. that <laughs> was in the I past. I didn't know that, did that his wife was in his Either band. did I. Apparently, she'll join every once in a while, mm-hmm. you know, and he sang a song about his little pug. Oh, <laughs> and the pug up on the screen. Oh, how does, cute. Does he talk about any of, does he do any covers of any of his favorites? Uh, no, not really. It's really the James Taylor catalog mm-hmm. and any of the covers he's done from the past that were really famous. He did give a little jab at George Harrison, though. Oh, please, dish. Yes. So, James Taylor, if you didn't know, he was one of the first acts signed to Apple Records, which was the Beatles' uh, album, or excuse me, label in the late 60s. And he sang the song that he performed for Paul and Ringo to audition for Apple Records. And at the very beginning, I'm like, well, that sounds like something by the Beatles, by George Harrison. And and I'm like, okay, at the end of the song, he said, you know, wow, you know, and George Harrison loved the song so much that he decided to make it his own. Oh, So if you listen to that song, I'll have to find it. I'm sorry, I don't have the name of it in front of me, but you listen to it at the very beginning and you're like, oh, hmm. That song was written probably 1968. Something came out in 1969. And did, did um, what's his name, write it? Uh, James Taylor. Yeah. yeah, he wrote his original song. He wrote it, but and then and Harrison then, recorded it. And did he get signed with Apple Records? He did. Oh, he his did. first album ever was with Apple Records. That's kind of cool. Good. Yeah, so it was good. So go and see James Taylor if you can. If you're a fan of his, go and see him in the Coliseum. It's great. Yeah. Fun. yeah. All right. All right. And did your mom like the show? Just, yeah. 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 Because yeah. she's a James Taylor fan. Oh, yeah. Just like right in that sweet spot. Okay. For sure. And what was the crowd looking like? All ages? All ages. All ages. All stages. Yep. All ages. All stages. All types. They're all right. So, all right. yeah. All right. Fun. Good, yeah. Well, I wonder what Celine did with, with her weekend off. If she went to a fashion show or if she just relaxed at her Pool. home in the desert, you know. And How hot was it, Holly? It was in the 90s, so it was pretty warm. Like I said, Monday, it was raining, but I sat by the pool because that's what you do when you're in Los You just like let yourself roast a little bit. And were you at the Bellagio? I was at the Bellagio. That's like, it is amazing the cacophony of languages you do here at the Bellagio. The international visitor loves that hotel. Yeah, that's what I love about Vegas, too, is that it's such an international city. People coming in from all around the world and everyone goes there wanting to have a good time. Yeah. So not any people are crabby. You know, maybe if they lose, that's when they go to the CVS across the street. Yeah. Consolation water or or booze or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Everyone is in a suspended bubble of fun. It's the best. Yeah. It really is. All right. right. Holly, thank you. Thank you. That was definitely your uh, weekend claim to fame. Indeed. I think she won. Yeah, I think she won. <laughs> oh, don't get me talking about my losses. Woo! Were you a one-armed bandit? Were you just slot machining, or did you do anything else? Playing no, I tables? did slot machines, you but did? Gambler took all my money. Oh, the oh. Kenny Rogers? No, just like the monster of gambling. Oh, I didn't win you, a damn thing. You didn't? No. After you did so well out at Mystic. I know. Well, easy come, easy go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, that's easy the come, thing. Easy go. Even even now, I still have to go to Vegas with a set amount I'm willing to lose, and then yeah. I say that's it because I cannot, I cannot be doing that thing where you go to the cash machine and you just say, "Oh, I'm going to get just two hundred dollars more." I'll be really mad. I just go with cash. I'm prepared to leave behind. Yeah. Really, 
not excited to find the 21 cent and, and nine cent receipts that you jam in your little purse oh. that you come <laughs> home with, you know, that you're just this like, used to be a hundred dollars and yeah. it's seven cents. Oh. How did it get to be seven oh. cents? Here, you don't even buy to Vegas. I'll give you this in my Metro card from New York. Right. Oh I gosh. mean, you're thinking your things that have money on it. Yeah, exactly. All right. Listen, Ollie, thank you so much. Listen, we come back. It's our story. We can't get enough. A million dreams by Pink, and we've got a sad story for a story we can't get enough of. But, you know, yesterday we knew that um, John Singleton's family was taking him off of life support. And, of course, he is the uh, director, filmmaker, first movie, kind of a, he is like a Cinderella story with his first success in Hollywood. And we'll let, uh, uh, I think this is, we use the Today Show audio, had a really good recap of uh, his life. One of those rare films that both reflected and defined the times. 1991's Boys in the Hood, about three teenagers growing up during the drug and gang violence in South Central L.A. The movie, a critical and commercial hit, given a 20-minute standing ovation at the Cannes Film Festival. Its director, John Singleton, who at 24 became the youngest and the first African-American to be Oscar-nominated for Best Director and Best Original Screenplay. I think that I came along at the right time and moment in history. Singleton died Monday at 51. His family taking him off life support after suffering a stroke earlier this month. This morning, tributes pouring in for the groundbreaking director, producer, and screenwriter. Actor Samuel Jackson tweeting overnight, he blazed the trail for many young filmmakers. Rest in peace, brother. Gone way too soon. Janet Jackson posting, you gave me my first movie role, my first Oscar nomination, and so much more. I will miss you, John. Oh, and she was she was so great. That was I don't know if you ever saw that. You might have been your first I, baby, Poetic I Justice. Yeah, I saw it. I didn't. Yeah. It was good. It was a good movie. And like he had a lot of like so Boys in the Hood not only had basically gave Cuba Gooding Jr. and Ice Cube put them on the map, but Angela Bassett was in that movie. Lawrence Fishburne, mm-hmm. Morris Chestnut, Regina King, Nia Long, and he, uh, yeah, it was such a huge, huge success because he wrote the screenplay and directed it, and he was so young and right. Uh, you know, I think Spike Lee might have been like one of his instructors at USC at the oh. film school, oh. like that he took a class. That's how those two cross paths. Mm-hmm. But um, he, he, his production company new new deal entertainment became the training ground basically for young black executives and an obligatory stop for black uh, music stars who wanted to have an acting career so um you know that's where how ice cube ended up there right tupac and you know I just didn't, I didn't know really that much about him, oh, to be honest. And I was listening story. this morning to Access Hollywood and one of the young men on there um, talked about that. Scott he, Evans? Yeah, Scott Evans. He just talked about it, how he remembers how impactful it was the first time he saw Boys in the Hood, hearing people speak, people speak the way they spoke in the, the, spoke. In, in the neighborhood, in and, the black community. Yeah, and he had black storytelling that had never been told or heard right. before in cinema. He shined a light on black narratives in the 90s and... um they just needed that pioneering voice because it wasn't inclusive at all. And and just everything that he did and how well-loved he was by everyone and how family-oriented and I mean, he, smart. He and a green light for three movies in five years by the age of 26 and at, yeah. at Columbia, yeah. which at the time the studio chief was this dude by the name of Frank Price, who was a political conservative, 
but he believes strongly in John Singleton's talent and family-oriented social messaging. Mm-hmm. He was behind him. And then down way down the road, then in 2005, for the movie Hustle and Flow, John Singleton was the reason why that movie got made. And, mm. of course, you know, that's how Taraji B. Henson was first, you know, nominated. But right. I think she'd, you know, I mean, it took a long time even after that for her to be recognized. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, all of that. But um, anyway, and Boys in the Hood was uh, registered with the National Film Registry in 2002 as a significant piece of art. And um, he was, you know, directing all kinds of TV shows, billions. Yeah, and- we have a little bit more if you want to hear Do we? it. Okay, let's uh, hear it. Here we go. That role in 1993's Poetic Justice, a film that also helped introduce a young Tupac Shakur to a mainstream audience. In all, Singleton directed more than 10 films, from groundbreaking films like Higher Learning to blockbusters like the 2000 remake of Shaft and Too Fast, Too Furious. Singleton talking about his career here on Today, back in 1993. My goals are just to make films that you know, have a lot of heart and um, that ordinary common people can identify with. More recently, Singleton focused on television, directing episodes of shows including Empire and Billions. He co-created the FX series Snowfall, a look at the crack cocaine epidemic of the 1980s in Los Angeles. His family releasing a statement on Monday honoring the director, saying in part, John passed away peacefully, surrounded by his family and friends. We again want to thank all of John's fans, friends, and colleagues for all the love and support. And today they also released a statement urging black men to get their blood, blood pressure. pressure checked. Yeah. He had high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to get it checked, that yep. it's something, guys in general can be sometimes not very on top of their health, and you don't realize how much that old blood pressure um, thing is, you know, I do yes. think needs Leading to be looked at. Stroke. Strokes, yeah. heart attacks. I yeah. mean, it tells you a lot. That's the reason the first thing you do when you go to a doctor for anything is they do your blood pressure. They do your blood pressure because right. it tells you everything and so much. Well, so, I've been on medication for years. You and have? It, you have? Yeah. In my case, it was genetic. Yeah. Well, Nothing yeah. To do and with a lot lifestyle. Of, it was yeah. just a genetic thing. So I, 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 I like that the family did that yeah, because well, they knew that that was something that he had and they have an opportunity now to. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. You know, get the message out. Because that's so young, you know. I do think one of the younger people, you know, that I know that had a stroke is a young with, you know, with my mom's people was a young black man. Yeah. You know, in his late 30s. I mean, and it's just really something. Yeah. 
Because you just sit there like this, stinks. Oh and so blood pressure is everything. I know Luke Perry's daughter just uh, um, named the school in Malawi where she was doing, I don't know if she's in the Peace Corps or what. She, I think she's something like the Peace, Peace Corps, Corps and was doing some work over there. And she flew home from Malawi, and so they've named the school after Luke Perry. I suppose she's probably giving them money and maybe donations came in. And right. So um, that's cool. But I, I mean, the, you know, he was it's 52. Too young. It's too young. Yeah. Yeah. It's too young. So yeah. anyway, but yeah, poetic justice. I that's where Janet Jackson had the gorgeous braids in her hair. I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know the poster. You know the story. I know all of it, but I don't know the you movie. You can't remember. No, seeing I can't. It, it was nineteen ninety three, Julia. So um, that was maybe one of your getting, last years. It was my the nineties were lost on me. Yeah. I was working, having mm-hmm. children and getting married. And, and I remember when Snowfall came out, when that came on on FX and it looked good and critics liked it. And for some reason we didn't watch it. And I we ended up I don't know if it came out like a year later, but the Shy. Oh yeah. Which is on Showtime, yeah, Lena right, Waith, yeah. which is that show is incredible yeah. it's yeah. really really good Snowfall just didn't catch on it didn't catch on no. but it's sort of you know you know it kind of has that same like what the mm-hmm. shy is about which is like living in the hood living in chicago mm-hmm. south side of chicago mm-hmm. or north side wherever all the problems are i can't remember yeah, and south side south side and um yeah and it, it just looked good but it was like again that like they didn't know how to market it right Snowfall because you got you had billion or not billions on there you had Sons of Anarchy and boy you know I love uh, I was speaking of Sons of Anarchy remember our guy um, uh, who was Jack's best friend the one who got Opie oh yeah yeah that actor yeah, the big guy with the beard yeah, yeah so he that actor the big guy with the beard the fifth season of Bosch is out on Amazon. And he's playing Mimi Rogers, who's this fancy, high-profile L.A. Uh, attorney that Bosch has to hire mm-hmm. because somebody is trying to get one of his serial killer cases convictions overturned. And Opie is her investigator. Mm. Oh, I love it. I and love an investigator. I, I know. Don't you love oh, an investigator? He looks just like he did uh-huh. like on Sons of Anarchy. Long hair. Still has the beard. Beard. Yeah. And Mimi Rogers. I reminded Casey. I said, you know, that's Tom Cruise's first wife. He's like, oh, my God, I always forgot yeah. that. And she's just like this real smooth, you know, attorney. Um, and, you know, this inmate is suing Bosch and like there's planted. I like that show. I've never watched Remember it. Remember when we yelled at the wind, out the window at Titus Welliver? Yes, yes. Outside of that little French restaurant yes, and, the and the other hot guy yeah. from... Um, and you're like, Bosch, Bosch, what did you say? Bosch, <laughs> Bosch. But if you're but fan, No, I think you said you're hot. You're hot. We, we you're both hot, said you're, you're hot. hot. If you're a fan of the Michael Conley crime... Yes, Books. that's the character Got Harry it. Bosch, Hieronymus yeah. Bosch. Hieronymus, yeah. Hieronymus is his name. Yeah, Hieronymus is in Hieronymus Bosch. You know the guy who made all the weird hell paintings from hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that guy. <laughs> what a funny name! <laughs> I know it. I'm Hieronymus. Hieronymus, I know it. It's right up there with Engelbert Humperdinck. Yeah, it is. It is. All right, listen. Uh, we will be right back. Oh, we're really excited. Joy Noel is coming in studio. Amazing fashion designer. We've known her. As long as she's been in the design business, 15 years. We're talking to her next. And my friend said, I know you love her, but it's over, mate. It doesn't matter, put the phone away. It's never easy to walk away, let her go. 
look back at all the messages you'd sent. And I know it wasn't right, but it was from message. Mom. Right. And then, right. yes, we met you at Diffa. Right. And of course, we've worn a joiner well. Yes. To say the words. Yeah. And I have two. We have several. Yeah. Gosh. Well, you need more. I, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. So what is going on? You are having a big show coming I'm up. having a big show. May 16th at Aria. I'm having a huge show. Yeah. I'm really excited. It's uh, the collection this year is um, entitled uh, The Ringmaster. Yeah, and it's uh, an homage to the women who are jumping into the crazy ring of circus politics, that kind of thing, and yeah. just trying to tame the lions. So it's really a fun uh, collection. Do you do, do you a ha- show every other year, or what is your design schedule? Right, good question. <laughs> right, good question. I do a collection once a year. I know. So it takes me about six months to do my collection. I start thinking about it in September, start start it in And do they always October. have a theme? You I have always to have, have a theme. theme. I have to have a theme. Okay. I figured out for myself I need to have a focus. Otherwise I get things all over the place. But still, I mean, when you see my collection it looks a little all over the place, but it it kind of is comes into one little And we have funnel. enjoyed it. I mean, you are an incredible designer. And like oh, Julie said, you. we both feel lucky to own a couple of Joy oh, Noel love. pieces. Oh, you and you also do so custom sweet. bridal. I do, yes. I and so will, will your show, will the Ringmaster, will there be a bridal Ringmaster bridal? At no. The, no, no, no bridal, bridal no, gowns. Okay. No okay. Bri- there's a lot of gowns. Gowns, okay. Uh, a lot of gowns, but mm-hmm. no bridal gowns. Yeah. And there's a few things that I guess if you were a... An avant-garde bride, yes, or like you yes. were doing traditional. Most of my brides are a little non-traditional, yeah. so yeah. I guess they could wear something like this. But it's not. There's no focus on yeah. bridal with us. And so it, when you're, oh. I just wanted to say I thought it was interesting that I mean the proceeds are going to the Goldstein Museum, Museum of Design, at, right at the U, which Correct. a lot of people don't know about. People Tell don't people know about, about that, and I think it's that's amazing small, you're doing it that way. Uh, it's a small. Uh, design museum that's housed at the university of minnesota and they just have vaults of of amazing items design items uh couture clothing and shoes from like you know 1850 it's just crazy and they have it housed in these vaulted areas it's kind of a place where you it's um it's an education focused uh, museum where mm-hmm. you can make an appointment and you go in, and you go in, you put on the white gloves, they'll pull items for you that if you, you, you would let them like know you are, that you're, you're looking for a particular thing. Right. And they pull yeah. you okay. that stuff and you have a time and you sit down, you get to have the white gloves, you get to look at the stuff up close and personal. It's really quite amazing. And we went to a show there with you or something. That's right. We went yeah, there. Yeah. That's right. I, I did a little yeah. thing for them because I was on the board yes. many, many years ago. Yeah. But this, this year I'm going to do, it's going to be a benefit for Yeah, for That's awesome. Yeah. So if you're just joining us, we're with Joy Token. Uh, Joy Noel is her designer um, line and her big show is coming up April 30th. No. At, oh, excuse me. That's today. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> May 16th. <laughs> Joy, May 16th. I'm not ready. Yes. That's <laughs> two weeks from <laughs> Thursday. Yeah. How do people get tickets, Joy? Uh, you can go to joynoel.com, my, my website. It's on the first page. And they, you can just get it right there. Okay, just right there. Perfect. Yeah, there's different levels. There's a um, thirty-five dollar level. There's a hundred dollar level. You could yeah, get all and, crazy and, and spend that's five hundred dollars. Beautiful place to see it's a show. Be- it's beautiful. That's a beautiful venue, right? And this this time I've done this my third time showing there. Okay. And this time the runway is um is a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm really, really do you excited. sleep at all like the 72 hours yeah. leading to a show you do? I do. You I do. mean, because I start so long in advance. Yeah. And I work, you know, in between clients, I'm working. The next two weeks, I'll be really focused, but mm-hmm. I have start model fittings on. Well, actually, I started a model fitting. Last week, I have Dessa is going to walk the yeah, runway. Really? I was going to yes. say, tell us the story yeah. of Dessa and the Cape and the Minnesota yes. Orchestra. Because we had right. Dessa on our right. show for a yes. book. And she talked to us a little yeah. bit about her Joy Noel Cape. Right, right. So she, we became friends uh, several years ago, and I've done a number of things for her. And uh, this time, it just so happened that she uh, is going to be back from her Europe tour. And she's going to walk... Uh, in the runway. And so, and it's fun because I'm, I'm actually putting her in her, uh, putting on her another cape. Yeah. So she's wearing another cape. Yeah. Uh, oh, I love it. Under, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Do you have like, okay, so, you know, Joy, you're a designer. This is how your mind works. You know, like you said, you come up with a new um, theme every year for a new collection. Do you have um, some collection that you've loved of a designer that you're always in awe of or what? What big besides yourself, yeah. but like what national name designer do you think oh. is just the bee's knees? Of course, it's Alexander McQueen. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I come up with an idea or I think of something and I start playing with the concept, and then I might just maybe look on Pinterest to see kind of like mm-hmm. what, and it's always there. He's yeah. always made it. And it's like, no way. I was thinking, you know. Yeah. So, um, I mean, just. I also see, like, with you, like, maybe elements of that you've been influenced, Vivian Westwood. A little bit, And Carl Lagerfeld. Right, right. um, Because, well, I mean, he was so prolific with however many collections he, but he didn't have any other life. Just his cats and his bats. Exactly. And and also, you know, how many people worked for him. Right, right. He didn't have another life. I don't don't think that, I know, I don't think that he. But he really didn't, and he talked about that, that that was just what he Well, it's amazing. He was happy being a solitary person. Well, you do get into your own creative place, and you just were, it's just, I am more happy going through the creative process of starting something and working through and and figuring it out and then being in like in love with the final That's product. a true you're fun. Artist. Yeah, you're fun to follow yes. on Facebook. Like I that's how I saw your Prince dress. Yeah. Right. That you did. Your Prince inspired the purple. Right. Like, who was the model wearing that? that was Where was Shannon that? Was that Lee. Okay. Where did, was that, that in was, the Star that Tribune was fa- story? No, or that just, was Fashionopolis. It was Fashionopolis. Years and okay. uh, years ago. It was like three years ago, whatever. Right. It was like a tribute thing. But still. Yeah. What yeah. a great dress. How many models in this show? This show, there are 22 models. Oh my gosh, I know. Joy. I know. 22 Your models. So it just beautiful. got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. <sighs> and all of a sudden, now I have 22 models. Yeah. And it's just going to be. Do you pick so the music? So beautiful. Um, or do you I'm have still somebody living else? It. I'm okay. still living You're... in my, like, I have, so I put on music. I have a uh, Pandora station. I I go through and I write down and then I recircle and I cross out. And it's just this guy while I'm working. So yeah. it's this. Because you don't realize like what a like a piece of the fashion show right that is like I remember when we went to our first one in New York um, Monique Lulier mm-hmm. and they had Joy Division sure and just like really like you wouldn't ex- you wouldn't expect it but right. yet somehow it worked and it is like this other piece of the fashion right the music well for me I want it to be um, 
quite background. I mean, background. I, I, I okay. want you want the clothes. I spent to speak. so much time. I love that. Yeah. Working I love on that. This. Yep. It's that all want, about the clothes. Well, we don't want the music to be too loud. Right. Anyway. I don't want them to walk too fast. Yes. I mean, it's. it's Do you, like, now that would be something. Like Ten no, minutes. I mean, like, it is and then it's like, over. Right. Right. Yeah. But for this for this show, they'll walk and then they'll go. Uh, and they'll stand. Mm-hmm. So after the show, the after party, the models will be standing. Mm-hmm. People can see. And that. I just want people yeah. to know that. it is so fun to go to a fashion show, and you right. have such gorgeous work. I mean, oh, and uh, it's a beautiful and these models, man. And it's a I really fun so... girls' night out event. It is. You know, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Get dressed up a little bit and go. I, I right. we love going. Yeah, we no. love going. Okay, so I want to ask you if just to switch gears. So okay. your bridal, like, what if right. you want to? Do you like? Does a bride come in and just say, "I have this vision," or do you have dresses for people to look at in your it's studio? It is, yeah, it's a combination. But most of my brides have a bit of a vision, mm-hmm. and I work with them with their vision um, and pull fabric and yeah. and help them with their vision. It's definitely a collaboration. Yeah, uh, I. I've had brides come in and say, make me whatever you want, but that's extremely rare. <laughs> right. um, but I it, could you know, be dangerous. No, I've never, you know, never. no, I mean, it's what does it, do you, what does a custom bridal gown cost? Does okay. it depend on the, it no, depends. But the material? I mean, it, it I depends. Um, 3,000 up okay. to, I've done dresses for 15,000. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it depends. And what's the lead it time? depends on, have, I've done dresses in, in, I did a dress recently in three days. Oh, stop. She came to me. Oh, stop. Yeah, she called me, panicked. She picked up her bridal gown at, uh, I won't say this one, and it um, had been altered too small, and they had trimmed all of the seams on the inside too short, too small. they couldn't let it out. They couldn't let it out. She couldn't, and she was leaving. She called me on a Thursday. She was leaving on the next Wednesday to go to her wedding, and she pretty much lived in my studio for three days. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah. And was, it she had, she had, was it beautiful? She had, a, she had a blast. Yeah. I mean, it was really fun. Yeah. Um, but she was super open to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and she was not super, like, stressed out. So, anyway. Do you do you watch, um, you Bright know. Zilla or any of, any of those shows? things? Or, like, you know, do you watch any of the, you know, Project Runways kind of revamp this year? Yeah, I, I've, I, I watch, I'm watching it right now. I They've a- been after me for years and years. I know they have. And That's why and won't you? Are you just don't I, like contests? I would hate well, it. I think I, I feel like oh, for one, I think I'm too old. Oh, you are not. Oh no, it's a. It's definitely a. You know, they want people who. I just. I can't imagine. I would be tired. Yeah. I think I would be so too, Joy. And then all of a sudden, people would be dramatic, and I would shoot them dirty looks, and I'd be known as that person, person right? that shoots it. dirty looks. You don't or, see it doing and, anything for your image. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> right. but I mean, for well, your career, control. I know they are for yeah. what you get, you right? Know? And right. then what are the downsides? Because then in the editing, like you said, and you never know, and you never know. And at, right now in my career, I'm starting. My son is ten. I'm looking outside of the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. This will be my last big, big sh- show really? in Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah. My, like my last full collection individual showing yeah. okay. because I it takes so much energy and time. I love it. I mean, it's a production. Yeah. You know, yes, it's a, it it's is. like a right, theater right, right, play, right? right? Yeah. So, but I I I want to take that energy and just put it outside into the world and see. I mean, I've, I know a lot of people in New York. I know a lot of people in LA. Mm-hmm. I just need to start Mm-hmm. Connecting the dots, and yeah. I, I don't have grand vision. Yeah, I'm not like. I mean, I'm, I'm a realist. Yeah, uh-huh. but I, you know, I want to maybe. 
put a little effort and time yeah. into that. Now that your son is older too. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Right. Oh, Joy. Oh my gosh, Joy. This so is wonderful. JoyNoel.com is where you can get the tickets for the Ringmaster mm-hmm. um, fashion show at Aria next Thursday night, May. Not two next weeks. Oh, two God, weeks. I'm yeah, yeah. Don't Don't let me it. and all the details. You do it, Thursday, May 16th. JoyNoel, that's J-O-Y-N-O-E-L-L-E.com. Or you can also go to Goldstein. Dot design dot you everybody thanks for hanging out with us we appreciate it hope uh, if you think about it going to that fashion show to see joy noel on may 16th which i'm all excited donnie i'm going to be able to go because that's like 10 days or 11 days after, after my surgery, surgery huh? yeah i was, think, I was thinking yeah. it was like three days yeah. later and then i was like okay. thinking oh boy. by the way i did i do want to point out she has a wonderful speaking voice joy Doesn't she's she? still in the studio so she, she can hear she everything can hear you're you. saying i would agree with that because yeah. i was kind of listening to her joy it's kind of a sexy voice you could read audio it is books. actually sexy yeah yes. no uh-huh. you know those um when you go and now we will open the envelope very very slowly that well, amsr we or whatever you call that the soothing thing where very you, where you go and we'll slowly <laughs> i think noel would probably liked oh, it when you Lord. read books i know but you know <laughs> what i mean oh jeez. okay geez. so did you watch martin short on busy phillips last night i did and I love him. She bugged me so bad last oh. night. I couldn't help it. Well, Julia, let's be honest. Everything's bugging you right now. Oh! <laughs> wow. I mean, wow. if we were just going to be for real, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, a lot of things are, are bugging you right now. I'm blaming it all on the baseball team losing and having everything going haywire with that all your like days. like dog, Lori. Well, Julia, it's just sometimes the truth comes out on on the air, you know, okay, as well, it does. Sometimes we know other things too. Yeah, so but we don't say them usually. But that was I know, lovely. but it just—it just lots of. I felt, okay, why I, don't you talk about how much you loved it then? Okay, no, it wasn't that I. She was so busy fangirling. That might have been what was bugging you about it. I don't like her monologue. That was when it. she did her trash you talk didn't at like the it, beginning. You didn't like it either. I didn't mind it. We I just <laughs> talked about it. Okay. No, see, again, everything is bugging you. I mean, it oh, like, right. uh, let's just, okay, so here, you, you didn't even finish it, is what I am pick, I'm picking up. So you did get to miss the awkward when she pointed out to him that he is one of the biggest stars that doesn't have a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Did she point that out to him? And what and is then, wrong with this world that he no, doesn't have one? Right. And then brought him outside to her parking lot. So I know you're never going to go back to her show because this is sure to bug you. Oh Brings my. him outside to the carport. And she made one for him in spray paint. Yes. Stop. I'm Stop. Surrounded by red carpet. And and then she Stop. and then she gave him a plaque and he pretended like he was gonna cry and then he just like thrust it back in her hands. He says he says, Oh, here you can keep it. Thank you very much. Okay, that's that's not, that's, I was it like, was a weird interview, Lori. You got to be honest, because she dressed like one of his characters, and she was so proud of that, and, and well, just, it was a hard one for, it was just a weird one. Because we love him. And beyond. Beyond. We play him incessantly. He and Amy Sedaris, we They're think, the, are two of the best guests on a couch ever, and so, like, a month ago, the New York Times had this story called, 
is Martin Short, the greatest talk show guest of all time. He's right up there. Yeah, he was sure. over 50 times on with Letterman. Mm-hmm. And they were funny together. Oh. A- apparently, excuse me, this wasn't the New York Times. This was Vulture did the interview. Okay. He talked a bit about his process that he goes through when preparing to be a guest on a late night talk show. Tell me about it. What he does for a typical talk show appearance, and I'm not exaggerating, is I'll send in something like 18 pages of ideas ahead of time of what to talk about. He sends the producer. Yes. And he then he spends 90 minutes speaking with the producer, cutting down the proposed material, shaping it into a conversation so that what looks like an organic chat on TV is really a tightly choreographed two-man bit with short doing, as he puts it, an impersonation of myself being relaxed on a couch. That's amazing. It really is. Isn't yeah. that amazing? The time to prepare. <laughs> me, that's for sure. And and he's, he, he's I mean, you know. Joy he, did that with Donnie. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, we don't do any of that or anything, but we know this is done for TV where they ask them so they can have some stories. He is considered the hardest working talk show guest in the business, and that may be because he's the greatest. He's been in movies. He's been in sitcoms. He's been in variety shows. He's been in stage performances, and for one season had a talk show He's won every award a Canadian can win. And some of his greatest comedic triumphs have been yakking with talk show hosts. And he's one of the most YouTubed talk show guest appearance people. You know, the people yeah. like to watch and see. It's full of them all the way back to his very first spot on Letterman in 1982. And he still has the boyish thing. So I don't know if he practices or gave this idea to busy Phillips. But after I kind of read the story, I thought like he maybe he might have been maybe he just made involved. a spoof and said, I don't I don't even have a, a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. It was probably all yes. his idea because I don't know that she would have come up with it. I right. mean he sings, he dances, he does broad physical comedy. If you watch him, he also is able to um also go on shows that maybe aren't as much fun, like maybe a Kelly and a Kelly and Regis or, you know, something that might be a little bit stiffer and then absolutely just have the guest host eating out of the palm of his mm-hmm. hands. And that is because he said he he loves the rehearsing. And it, if it seems like he's just doing impromptu, that's he, not true. It, he's wow. not. <laughs> and he always Incredible. refers to the daytime Oscars. He's won. No one tells a vacation story like he does. I mean, remember when he says, oh, let me tell you, I got, I got a vacation or a holiday, or an award show story. He's darling. He's just. So- I thought when we talked to him, I thought I was just going to die. And he <laughs> w- w- was so at ease. Put us at ease because it was hard for us not to fan girl out mm-hmm. over him. So anyway, after I watched that whole thing, and then this morning I read this, I thought maybe busy, he planned it. Busy Phillips didn't come up with that. That was Martin Short the whole way because he probably realized. What is he promoting? He is promoting. He's going to be at the Rochester, uh, some theater in Rochester, like in June. He's somewhere in July. He and Steve Martin. They're doing their traveling two-man show. Updated it. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's cracked up, uh, you know, everybody. Carson Letterman, Fallon, Kimmel, Conan, Leno. I mean, That's pretty amazing. I guess he was the one and only funny guess that Chevy Chase ever had on his one terrible season of a talk mm-hmm. show. He managed to make it be Think fun. of all the wow. Saturday Night yeah. alums that had talk shows because there was that uh, 
dark-haired guy, Donnie. Um, dark-haired Oh, gosh. Guy. I, I'm going to look I'm it up. I want a blank on Oh, that. Craig Ferguson? Yeah, him, but he wasn't, well, he wasn't on, on SNL. SNL. I mean, I and sometimes know. he's sort of like, he sort of acts like he's a rat pack guy, mm-hmm. you know, and then other times he's sort of like this Norma Desmond grand Here's- dame talking about his theater achievements. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he gets also very dishy on people he knows in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. He, he'll talk about that he and Gilda Radner were in love until they weren't. You know, I mean, he's, and he does it in a, like a, you know, really. He was in love with Gilda Radner? Yes, Julia. I did not know that. Yes, Gilda Radner left him for... Come on, now you know the name. I don't Gene, think it was Gene, Gene. It wasn't Gene Wilder? I don't think, I think it oh. might have been somebody else between mm-hmm. uh, Martin Short and G- Gilda Radner. No, those two were like, uh, they had... They, yeah. The, she, she dated everybody? Yeah, she dated everybody. And you know, was the 70s. Dennis we Miller is who I was thinking about. Oh, Remember yes, Dennis yes, Miller? Yeah, he had a talk show. There was did, a Chevy yeah. Chase, Dennis yeah. Miller. Yeah, you're right. And, and the reason why Letterman booked him more than anybody, because Letterman was a hard guy to get to laugh on the couch. You had to really be outrageous or genuinely funny. And so he could crack Letterman up every mm-hmm. time. And I think sometimes he just was like, I'd get me. Martin Short, I need to laugh. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. All right, listen, when we uh, come back, millennials might have turned.